This is Graphically Novel, a podcast about three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're guaranteed to have a good pick because it was one of mine. Um, and we are reviewing Vader Down. And this was, I think, 2016. No, I didn't look at the copyright. Uh, but this was the first major Marvel Star Wars event after Marvel got the rights back. So this was after they chucked all the Dark Horse stuff, you know, into the garbage can and started over. Um, and this was the first big one. And they were, this was, you know, this is, it's set between, you know, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And so they're, still, they're having to play that game of like, yeah, Luke can't really actually come into contact with Vader kind of stuff. So they, they had to be real creative with some of the things they're doing. But it was the first big event. I had, I had very fond memories of it because I was, I was reading these when this was, when this was coming out monthly. And I, I remember just having a blast with it. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about with my brothers. Well, it is. Now, if they don't like it, it may not actually be fun to talk about with my brothers. Yeah. <laughs> this could go sideways. It has before. No, no, not on your picks. Uh, yeah, my batting average isn't as high as I no. <laughs> would have liked and expected. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them, a couple of ones I thought I like. That's a home run, or it's at least a double. Complete strikeouts, but. I'm not. I'm not bitter. Um, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> you want to give this thing some grades? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for the live action Batman grades. This is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have played Batman in live action thus far. Um, and I think they did. They give a date to the new Batman movie? I think there's a new trailer. I didn't watch. It. I'm allergic to trailers. I'm trying not to watch them again. There's a new trailer, but I haven't seen the date yet. Yeah, I'm trying not to because the one I saw looked really cool, and I don't want to. I'm, I'm in now. You don't. I'm not. I don't need convinced anymore. Like but, January 2028 or. <laughs> <laughs> they pushed it up so far. <laughs> Pattinson will be playing Alfred before they're done. <laughs> uh, anyway, we need Pattinson, but until until Pattinson's added to the list, and then I'm sure that will be a another heated negotiation. That scale is from best to worst: Bell Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Sam, what is your live action Batman grade? Well, you was right. I totally love this thing. It's Star Wars, so it it was just Vader being awesome, and I gave it a bail. All right, Josh. All right. Uh, well, I am not the Star Wars junkie, so I did not give it as high grade as Sam. Uh, <laughs> it it was fun. Uh, so I, I gave it a Keaton plus. All right. It was almost in the Affleck range, but Keaton plus. Top half of the scale. I'm I'm sitting close closer to you than Sam. Um, it's not quite as good as I remembered. I, th- I think I think this might actually be one of those stories that actually reads better in monthly issues than it does in trade. Um, but I still had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's still Vader being a bad butt all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna go F like minus on it because it's got some flaws that we'll get to later on. But it was something I didn't notice at the time, and now reading it you know, out of context of reading them, this, these things monthly that I see now is that it doesn't, there's things that it's not helped as a standalone graphic novel. And so we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but our creator credits for this one are complicated. This was a crossover event. So the big picture story is by Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen, which for some reason was a separate credit than written by, which is also Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen. I think you could just call that, written by whatever um art is by mike diodato and salvador la roca who i think played nice with each other made their styles look more similar than they usually do um colors by frank martin jr and edgar delgado letters by 
BC's Joe Caramagna and Chris Eliopoulos. Thanks, how you say that name? And the cover art is by Mark Brooks. And those covers were awesome. Um, have we been more of them. That name sounds familiar. Have we have we covered anything about with Mark Brooks interiors? It's I, it's ringing bells, but I can't yeah. place it. I thought so, but now that you've asked, I can't remember. Well, I have to go look. You remember on Wednesday, in the middle of doing something else, not thinking about it. When That's it, my brain when works it anyway. no longer matters. Yeah. 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 We were. I was having a debate with somebody else about like um the uh, World War Two. Trying trying to remember the name of the like the admiral in the East. I didn't remember until like hours later that it was Curtis LeMay. <laughs> Just it eventually came while I was doing something else. My brain was completely not bothering with that at all. Except I guess it was working in the background. I think it's how brains work. I don't really know. Um, also, nobody cares. This is not a brain biochemistry podcast. Um, <laughs> with, with, did the accents give it away? <laughs> you can be from Appalachia and be a brain biochemistryist. But sure, I'm pretty sure I just made up a term. So apparently it's not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you want to get into the uh, breakdowns? Sure. Yes. Do you want to give the spoiler warning first? I was going to. Okay. I was, I was just checking in first. And if we were ready, we were way off topic. <laughs> I was reeling us back in before we did it. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, this is the last second of non-spoiler podcast. Everything ahead is spoiler radiation. Put on your hazmat suit if you want to come along. All right, Sam, you've got the first issue. Vader down number one. Go. All right, so Vader down number one says Vader shows up in his TIE fighter and is immediately attacked by the rebels. Vader is unstoppable and is killing them all. Skywalker flies in and crashes his X-Wing into Vader, and they both crash on the planet. At the secret rebel base, Han and Leia are arguing about what to do. Han goes after Luke. Leia gets her army ready and goes after Vader. Gray Squadron shows up, and Vader uses the force to throw boulders at them and makes them crash. Luke is walking away from his crash ship, and Vader is surrounded by the rebel army, and he is talking smack to them. Okay, I got Darth Vader 13 or issue 2. Uh, Vader is surrounded, but decides not to surrender. He wreaks some havoc on the rebels and blows up a tank. Han, Han and Leia argue some more about searching for Luke. Dr. Afra calls in some backup. She finds Luke wandering around some ruins and tricks him by painting triple zero gold so he looks like C-3PO. Triple zero then incapacitates Luke with his stun gun hand. Hey, question. I noticed you said Leia. So you go with the Tarkin pronunciation? Uh, no, I had a typo. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's it's what? Leia. It's definitely Leia. Okay. Yeah. No, Tar- Tarkin's is Leia, I think. In the, in oh, the really? First movie. Yeah. Yeah. And on the on Rob Liefeld's podcast, he always calls her Le- Leia. So I always it just jumps out when somebody says that funny. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I do. I have noticed as I've typed in the Star Wars notes up, Spellcheck has a has a real problem with Star Wars names. <laughs> Yeah, I had some. That's the third time I've read that, and I didn't catch it until then, and it threw me off. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spellcheck's a problem with, with yeah. Star Wars. Anyway, I've got the third issue, Star Wars 13. It says, thanks to BT being a one-droid army, Aphra and company take off with an unconscious Luke. BT's barrage gets the attention of Han, who sets up an ambush to rescue Luke. The ambush goes sideways, and Han and Aphra get covered in wasp worms. Triple Zero ends up with two less arms and a shiny new hole in his chest. 
Haruto gives BT the comeuppance he so richly deserves, and they get away. Meanwhile, Vader has taken Leia by surprise. All right, so issue four or Darth Vader number 14. It's uh, C-3PO radios Leia to let her know that Luke is safe, but Vader is standing in front of her. Aphra and her murder droids are pulling themselves out of the dirt when she gets an alert that her backup has made it. Leia and uh, Vader talk about talk, but Vader gets distracted and Leia runs away and finds 3PO. She takes his palm and orders everybody to fire on her position when she gives the signal. Black K crashes into the Falcon and takes Luke. Chewie isn't happy and attacks the other Wookiee. Trooper Zero runs into 3PO and takes his arms. Leia calls in the strike, but her, ship, her ships get shot down and Commander Carbon shows up and makes his entrance. All right, and issue five or Star Wars 14. Commander Carbon reveals to Vader that he set him up. Vader was to wipe out the rebel forces and Carbon was going to take the credit and then kill Vader. Carbon and Vader then throw down. Meanwhile, Chewie and the evil Chewie have their own grudge match. Luke gets surrounded by Commander Carbon's troops, only to be assisted by Triple Zero and BT. Luke still ends up captured. Han and Chewie are losing their fight, and Leia gets the drop on a distracted Vader. All right, uh, issue six, the last issue, Darth Vader 15. Carbon and Vader continue their duel. Leia gives up on her revenge to prioritize saving her friends. 3PO accidentally won the fight against Black K. Aphra gets back into Vader's good graces by crashing her ship into Carbon, who Vader then executes. Vader crashes an Imperial shuttle, leaving with Luke because only he gets to capture Luke. Shenanigans then ensue at the end, and Luke is rescued by his friends, and then Leia captures Aphra. And threatens some interrogation. I'm not sure I'd want to... Leia's been a little bit of a rampage. I'm not sure I'd want to be in her custody right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on to the graphic novel Pyramid, which is the part of the show where we evaluate our book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book needs to be a good book. And the first of these is story and Sam. Um, due to <laughs> everything being in uh, groupings of three again, uh, you're doing story again this week. That's fine. And... This this week, I, I don't think story was the, the strong point of this. I think it was more of a an action beat em up kind of story. Uh, I, I did enjoy what little was in there, but uh, I think the world building was okay. The pace was awesome. It was really fast. Uh, I got introduced to to the Colonel Carbon guy. I didn't know who he was. I didn't understand how he was so tough and fought Vader when Vader just like really wiped out thousands of people. It seemed like. I didn't understand that part of the story. Well, that that that's what lowered my grade. I see where I read this initially. I was I was reading them as they came out monthly, and so I was you know neck deep in the story. I knew Commander Carbon was. That wasn't a big surprise to me. I was excited when he showed up. I thought this was going to be a story he wasn't going to be in. There's like halfway through, he just shows up. I'm like, man, that's that's kind of weird. If you're not if you're not you know if you're not just reading this as they're coming out, well, that's kind of a weird thing to do because they don't set him up at all. They don't yeah. explain who he is, what his role is, how he, where he is on the totem pole versus, you know, the Emperor and Vader. Like, what, you know, why they're so antagonistic. They don't explain any of that. Yeah. But, you know, and kind of a, a general grievous for some reason. That's who I thought it kind of was at first. But it looks like they put his head on, on Grievous's body. I was going to say it was the four really lightsabers. Was. Yeah, yeah, four lightsabers. But, you know, other than that, you know, I, I was intrigued by the story because it had. Like three points of view. It had well, maybe more four because you got Vader, Leia, Han, Afra, and then you got the murder droids. I like to call them. Those guys are pretty awesome. But you know, and they all kind of converge towards the end 
they all kind of come to a head. And I, I just like the way they each point of view had their own like a little storyline going with it. And then with Luke on his story, I was I was curious about the 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 temple or the force, whatever's going on there. And who is he actually talking to? I, I don't think they ever said who it was. He kept saying it was Ben, but well, are we sure it was Ben he was talking to? Yeah, I don't know. That's it, that's the impression I was getting, but yeah, it never. And you know, I'm I'm like I said, super. I won't even. I'm not even involved with the Star Wars universe at all, so I have no idea if he ever makes it back to that temple. I didn't know if that's a storyline that gets picked up in the movies or in other books. Uh, so I wasn't sure on, on on that if that carried any weight or not. Well, they're 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 walking a fine line because the when Marvel got the comic got the rights to the comics back. They were going to do a full run between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, stop, and put on new creative teams and do another run between Empire Strikes, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And so they're having to do stuff, you know, that would, you know, that could have happened between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So Luke would be curious about the Force. He would be, he would be trying to find out stuff about the Jedi, but he can't really find anything out until he meets Yoda and Empire Strikes Back. So, so there's there's a lot of stuff like this where he brushes up against Jedi stuff, comes near, but he, but he can't actually meet a Force ghost yet. He can't really, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, there's, there's a lot of these little kind of moments like that where it's just, you know, we're going to do as much as we can, but there's a lot we can't do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, even I was picking up on that, and, and I really wasn't, like I said, familiar with what's canon or what the, what's new stuff they've added or or. But you get the feeling like they have to dance around stuff. The story just itself, you're, you're like, oh, well, I feel like they should have explored that more. But they probably can't because they're trying to fit in between movies and they have a timeline they have to follow. And, and, and you can feel that in the story. Yeah. And and Luke and Vader can't meet again until Empire Strikes Back. And yeah. so, like, so they're on the same planet for all this time. They never see each other except for that between, like, their two windshields before they ram into each other. Let's keep them apart. So I think that's why Afra and the murder droids were created. That's bad guys he could interact with. That's why Carbon was created to give some drama to the Empire side. But also that's somebody that the rebels could interact with in ways they can't with Vader. So I mean, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's pretty pretty convenient of all the people that find Luke on that planet. Vader's the only one that can't get to him. <laughs> Everybody else can. <laughs> Vader, the, yeah. the the ultimate bad guy. Can't seem to manage manage it, but you know, Afra, the droid, C three PO, Han, everybody else can get the loot. So again, yeah, that, it, that is it feels that forced. Is, yeah, and it is it is one of the weak spots for having to do those comics set between like fixed points like that, because right now they've moved into the um, the period between Empire Strikes Back and, Re- and Return of the Jedi, and they're they're doing some of that stuff again. But they're just having to play around with stuff like what what can and can't happen, kind of thing. So yeah, it it's still to me. Like I think you said that, Sam. It, it's not the point. This is not no. a, new, a whole new storyline, a whole new story arc. We got all this groundbreaking stuff we're doing now. It's just what can we do to add more content and make Vader just be as tough as possible? Like let's let's show how awesome Vader really is, and uh, that that's what the point of this was. That I thought and they and, did a good job of that. Yeah, and the uh, I, I thought I thought there was some fun you know, story stuff with you know how because how, we don't. There's three years in between when Alderaan gets blown up and we see Leia again. So we don't know how she grieved. We don't know what her, you know, you know, what happened, like how she dealt with that in between all that time. And so we, we kind of get to see it a little bit, you know, how story wise, like what, what would she do? Like, and so she, uh, she would want revenge. She blew up her whole planet. Her whole civilization is gone. Like, yeah, she would try to get some revenge. And we see how that, you know, 
how that played out a little bit here. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, so there are some of those you know funny story beats. I mean, it's some some interesting story beats, but mostly it's just it's a lot of action, really fun action, and some really entertaining like funny moments. Like um, pretty much every time the murder droids <laughs> are on the page. Uh, I know Star Wars comic nerds are very divided. Lots of people absolutely hate Triple Zero and BT, and I, I just don't get it. I, I find them incredibly entertaining. I do too. I love. Them. I, I would have read a whole spinoff of just them going around being awful. <laughs> it was half the fun of reading the Doctor Effer series. Yeah. All right, you want to move on to art now? Yeah. 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 This, this is one of those stories, though. It's like a lot of fun to read. It's a little hard to talk about because it's just. Big fun action, like you know. And so yeah, this is, yeah, it's a different kind of you know episode for us. Yeah, it's it's Star Wars as envisioned by Michael Bay. It's, <laughs> it's a Star Wars shoot 'em up explosion story. Yeah, it's like, hey, you remember when Vader was was tough and that that one issue? Yeah, yeah man, that was awesome. Yeah. You remember the next yeah. issue when Vader was really tough again? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's just pretty much. Yeah, it's a little harder to talk about some of the other stuff we review. Yeah. This story was just Vader flexing on everybody. What it was. <laughs> yeah. right, I think the art section might be easier to talk about. Yeah. the For me, that was the top of the pyramid. That was the, the greatest thing about it. A uh, couple of nitpicks. Uh, I'll go ahead and get those out of the way. See if anybody else is sharing them. I see a nod over there from Jamie. Uh, I, I You mentioned that uh, LaRocca, and I, I forget who the other artist was. Mike uh, Diodato. Yeah, Diodato, uh, that they kind of work together because the styles are almost seamless. You're really not that different between the Darth Vader run and the Star Wars run, except I felt like LaRocca was riding the struggle bus with the faces. They were all over the place. Uh, tried to stay, you know, they were just drawing the actors from the movies is what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, what he was doing. But sometimes I felt like he was struggling to get that across, and especially with Luke. He changed a lot, uh, and it, and it kind of brought me down. But everything else was phenomenal. I, I think what he struggled with was was, was when he's trying to evade uh, emotion with the faces. Like if, if it's just like it was just a regular panel and them just standing there or whatever was fine. I felt like, but when they done the emotions, that he had a hard time changing their faces from what they was supposed to look like. I think, especially early on, I think maybe he had stopped doing it by this point. But early on, when he first started drawing the Star Wars books, he was just screenshotting the faces from the movies and blending them into his art. And it looked strange. Um, either he got better at it or he just got used to those faces and is drawing them better. Um, but yeah, some of the faces are kind of hit and miss. Um, I think by and large, they're pretty good. And there's some really good ones. Um, but Especially Han. I feel like they had a good handle on Han. Like, Han always just looked like Harrison Ford from 1977. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Luke, for me, was the one that they were hit or miss on. Uh, and, and like you said, not all the time, but, man, everything else was so great. I really didn't even care, uh, but I just wanted to mention and see if anybody else was picking up on that because uh, I thought the action was solid. Uh, I the lightsaber battles were cool. I could follow what was going on. You never got lost. Uh, but f- for me, what I wanted to point out as the absolute best were the ships, the spacecraft, and the environments. That planet, those ruins they were in, that for me was the best part. I, I, I enjoyed every time they did like a big uh, panoramic kind of shot where you're seeing all these giant ruins and stuff. Man, it just looked so good. 
Yeah, and they've got the right two artists for that. Both those guys. I mean, e- even when early in the Star Wars run, when I couldn't stand Lorca's faces, he's amazing at spaceships and just anything in space, like backgrounds, landscape, scenery. He's amazing at that, but especially spaceships. He's amazing at spaceships. And uh, Diodato is the same. Um, although I think Diodato most, I, th- I think he dialed back his personal style a little bit to blend in more with Lorca, especially because he, he's sort of famous for like really creative page layouts. And we got more normal sort of panel grids here. Um, so I think, I think he dialed that back to, to blend in with LaRocca, but um, you did, there are a couple, I, I like Mike Diodato a lot, but there are always <laughs> these little Diodato isms. There's always some weird poses. Like the postures are strange sometimes and he'll get, he gets proportions off sometimes. Like there's a couple of places here where, um, I think he really struggled with Afra. Like Afra would just stand in strange poses sometimes. And like her arms or legs would be weird lengths. Her head wouldn't be exactly the size it should have been for her body. And Diodato will occasionally do that. And it was just kind of, you just go, Argh. yeah. And move I, on. But I think there was a Vader, uh, panel where he was holding his lightsaber directly in front of him in like an upper position. And his arms looked like they were about 10 inches long. Uh, yeah. That was probably Diodato. I didn't mark yeah. down the page, but I remember thinking, I was like, wow, that looks really weird. Like his arms should be about, you know, two feet longer than they are. Yeah, it's like like a Grandpa Hill's legs. But forearms. <laughs> his forearms got shot off in the war. I, and I think some some of those, because I noticed it too, the poses and proportions and stuff. And I think it was, they was trying to change your perspective of the, of the scene. So they had like, like you're looking up at them or you're looking at them from a funny angle. And I think they was trying to be real say, artsy with it. And then I think they lost a little bit with that. But overall, I agree with everything y'all said. Uh, I won't mention the color, like the lightsabers and all that stuff. All, all the color really popped off the page. And I agree with everything y'all said with the space, starships, everything like that was awesome. But I like to say, I think they done good with the droids. You could always, the droids are always point, I mean, right on it. And then another thing I want to say was the Wookiees definitely tell them apart. And I, I feel like hair would be something hard to draw. And a Wookiee is just a walking carpet. So, you know, it's going to be really hard to draw. And when they're fighting and all that stuff, it, it, it looked really good. And Black Hay is like really fluffed up. Like he's even furrier than, than Chewie. And there's like yeah. extra costume bits going on. And it like makes his hair move funny. And like they even draw all that stuff. And so, yeah. yeah, I think they've done a really good job with that. I like the proportions they made for uh, Chewie and Black K compared to the humans because usually they're big but not quite that big you know they I think they were the right size they were a little bit bigger than you normally see them because there's there was, one panel where Luke there was, was go ahead no I was gonna jump in on your uh, Wookiee proportions thing there is one bad one though during the fight between Black K and Chewie he's on the ground Chewie is on the ground and he punches Black K in the face while he's standing up I'm like that his arm is not nine feet long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that sometimes. Uh, I always call that when somebody's like laying on the ground and they'll kick somebody in the face that's standing up. I'm like, how long are your legs? Uh, yeah, I remember. I think he even punched through a rock, too. I think he was like, <laughs> smashing with the rock. He punched through a rock and then still got to his face. Yeah. Flat on his back on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, Reed Richards. Good job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because there was one panel where uh, Chewie was still kind of discombobulated from that drug that Triple Zero hit him with, and uh, Luke's helping him carry him, and Chewie's bent so far over to get his arm, you know, to rest on Luke's shoulders. I'm like, that's a that's a good size reference. That's the size I think Chewie should be. Like, 
he should be large and intimidating. I think the phrase you're looking for is large and in charge. Yeah. You just passed that one up. I don't know why you did. I did it on purpose. Oh, oh you think it's cheesy? <laughs> no. Che- cheesy's not uh, for, for verboten on this show. You're, we're allowed to be cheesy. It's okay. We, we do indulge in the dad jokes. It's all I, I've been a dad for so long, it's all I got left. I don't know jokes that aren't dad jokes. Uh, okay, I'm, not, I'm trying to see if I missed anything else. I'm, I wanted to point on the notes. Um, yeah, there's, there's still a couple of those cut and paste LaRocca faces. I just, every time he does it, it just, it, 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 I, I start getting twinges. I, I, I hate it when he does that, but they're, they're at a minimum here. Yeah. I could tell because I read this thing a couple of different, uh, it's, uh, sit downs with it. And, uh, I could always tell when I picked it back up, I was like, oh, this is LaRocca. <laughs> like you can tell even when it's not bad you can just kind of tell it's like yeah it's the faces yeah. are always just a little off even when they're good something they're still kind of off well it, it can be distracting too because you'll, re- you'll recognize like i remember when luke made that face in empire strikes back when he was fighting the 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 snow monster thing because there's like there's like a there's like a i forget i think it's in the second issue of this series where like luke's in pain and he's crying out. I'm like, I remember when he, I think, was it a Bantha? I will in a Bantha. I forget. He was, fight, he was fighting the snow monster yeah. guy. I'm like, I remember that face. Like, that, that's just, that. When, whenever he does that, it's so recognizable from a specific moment in the movies. It just pulls me out. It's really distracting when he does that. Yep. All right. Uh, you want to move on to characters? Okay. This is, a uh, once again, not the point. <laughs> this is just, this is basically, basically this is six issues of a single confrontation. And it's just action, you know, wall to wall. Um, so there are there are zero character arcs. There aren't any. Uh, oh. The only development whatsoever is Leia deciding to give up on revenge and prioritizing her friends over vengeance for Alderaan. That's it. That's the only really character moment in the entire book. Um, but it is a good character showcase. Like we get to see what's awesome about Han. You know, and 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 how long, how you know, the, the, the changes from you know New Hope are sticking. Like he isn't just this mercenary guy anymore. The Luke is his friend, and he cares about his friend. Like that, that that wasn't like a momentary thing. That 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 has stuck. Um, we get to see how tough Vader is, and I'm always down for that. Give me all the tough Vader you want. Um, and, and we get to see Afra again. We get to see more of her. You know that how terrified she is of Vader, with the link she'll go to to get back into his good graces. And there's some there's some fun character showcase stuff. But it's not. There's not RX. There's not big, there's, meaningful moments. It's, it's not that kind of story. And I think on the character section, I think what they've done is really captured who they were in the movies and all that stuff. So they, they really didn't change them at all. So they, they just kept with that. I, I was glad they'd done that. And then, like you said, there's no, really nobody else. you got Afra and the murder droids, and they are just who they are. Yeah. There's nothing nothing special going on here. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of Afra and Triple Zero and BT, the murder droids, I, I thought they stole the show. I thought for them, they were some of the best character stuff I had going on was with them. Uh, yeah, they, man, I can't believe there are people that don't like Triple Zero and BT. Yeah, was- there are. There was a, um, I don't think it's active anymore, but there was a whole podcast that just did Star Wars comics called uh, Comics with Kenobi. And both of those guys just hated triple zero. They didn't like BT, but they really hated triple zero. And every time they would complain, I was like, I don't get it. They're entertaining. Like they're hilarious, but 
Yeah. I don't. Uh, people didn't like. Some people didn't like him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna make a comment, Jamie. You said the the one kind of character moment uh, was when Leia decided not to, you know, to drop her revenge path and go help her friends. How long does it take to pull the trigger? She had Vader in her sights after how long of chasing him? <laughs> pull the trigger, then go help your friends. It's an extra tenth of a second. Like you didn't. You he didn't is- have. Didn't have he is to Darth stop. Vader, though. He has force powers. Maybe she's like waiting for him to be completely and totally 100% absorbed in the fight. So she thought maybe the shot would go through with him oh, deflecting it back, just, in, back into her own head. You might as well try. Just pull the trigger a couple times and then run and help your friends. Like, yeah, I'm not, just, I mean, I'm not the, saying like, you're wrong. I'm just the, the one character moment. I'm like, it really <laughs> didn't even need to be there. She could have. They were just trying to hide the drama. There's not a yeah, real good excuse for it. Yeah. They were just dragging it out to you know make it more dramatic. Well, they probably, like you said, though, because between two stories, they couldn't have her shooting because. Yeah, I mean that, that'd be something later on that I talk about. Yeah, she did actually shoot him. Yeah, but I mean, once again, the character the character stuff that's awesome here is just Vader being tough all the time. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. Yeah, there's at least once in every single issue when like Vader's reminds like, "Hey guys, hey guys, remember, I'm the baddest guy around." Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> every single issue. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I didn't have. That's all my notes. I got. I got. I've got no other points I want to make on yeah. characters. It's not that no. kind of story. It's just a big, awesome, epic punch him up. I mean, yeah, just getting letting Vader cut loose and and get to do some cool stuff. Yeah, and if if the listeners think we're not describing this very well, I mean, it's just it's not that kind of story that we can describe that way. Um, it's just it's awesome to look at. I mean, the uh, this is probably the best that Laroca's his art ever looks. Um, this is him at, at his absolute peak. This is Diodato dialing back some of the weird Diodato stuff but, and just being awesome. Um, and it's just epic action. Um, if if we're not describing it very well, we're just, well, we promise you, if you like Star Wars at all, at any level, to any degree, you will be incredibly entertained by this story. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm not the Star Wars guy. So it, it was still fun. It's still a good read. You know, I think I think anybody can appreciate Vader <laughs> being tough. Like, that's think that's universal yeah i think i pitched this um to my bros i'm not sure if it was when we were putting the schedule together or actually on last week's preview but um that last like those that last vader moment in rogue one when he walks onto the rebel yeah. ship and just laying waste it's basically six issues of that so if you, if you if you found that epic and awesome yeah you should read this story all right you want to get us more words? let's do it can you dig it Sam, what was your best cover? Page 32. Vader and all the ships like coming out of his chest. That was really good. The issue two one. I considered that one for a little bit. That one was really good. I don't think there are any wrong answers. That's just my two cents. I liked all the covers. I, I had a, I just kind of like threw a dart at the, I didn't really throw a dart because it's on a tablet, but. Um, <laughs> you should throw darts at your tablet. Yeah, that'd be into the tablet, but. It's yeah, just I a mean, classic Vader pose and all the ships and all the stuff, the X-Wings and all that. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, I've got basically, basically I've got a six-way tie, so I'm not, I'm not going to give anybody any grief on this. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, which one of the six-way tie did you choose? Uh, I went with uh, Star Wars 14 on page 95. It's uh, Chewie and Black K fighting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it's just really cool. It looks like they're fighting in a wind tunnel. Their hair's getting blown around so much. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I had to pick something from my six-way tie, and so I went with page 116. It's the last cover, and it's basically all of them, all the main characters, uh, the, like the legacy characters, drawn really well, plus a really cool Afra and Triple Zero on there. Um, I don't know why they left BT off. I don't know what BT did to anybody, but it's just a really good look. Kind of to it, it kind of reminds me of like the original movie posters a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but they're but they're all awesome. I, I need I need more Mark Mark Brooks art in my life. I hope he just doesn't just do covers. Um, but weirdly, we don't have variant covers. Um, I, I I refuse to believe. I, I find it I find it just incomprehensible that they would do the first Star Wars event and have zero variant covers. They just refuse to print them for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's they didn't include them in this. It's strange. All right, Josh, you're up first on best character. Tell us why you chose Darth Vader. Because uh, he is the absolute baddest guy on an entire planet for six issues. Even people from outside the planet start showing up. He's still better than them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People come to that planet to take him out, and they can't do it. He's got one one lightsaber, and a dude that doesn't like him shows up with an entire fleet. And Vader is still the bad guy. He's still the the tough, you know. I don't know. Yeah, Sam, it wasn't why did questionable? You... <laughs> it's not. Yeah, Sam. Why did he you was confident like, the whole time? <laughs> he never, no doubts, <laughs> no hesitation. Sam, why did you choose Darth Vader? I didn't choose Darth Vader, actually. How dare you? Mute him. Somebody mute him. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Triple Zero because I thought he stole every panel, every page he was on. And I just wanted to mention him on the show because I absolutely love that little droid and his murderous tendencies he has. <laughs> I like how he wants to let everybody's blood out of their body. Because <laughs> it's a weird little, fascination. He's a Wookiee. He's got all kinds of blacks in that little eye. <laughs> well, that, that is the right runner-up. But I'm going with yeah. Josh. The right answer is Darth Vader. From from the second when they surround him and he offers to accept their surrender. <laughs> Just from yeah. that moment on, I'm like, this dude. Uh, yeah. Because I think part, part I, I like the prequels. Some of them more than the others. Um, Revenge of the Sith. It's the good one. Um, nice. but part of part of the flaw of the prequels is they make Vader less tough. because uh, you've seen him as a whiny teenager, you've seen him as a little kid who's loves pod racing and calls things wizard all the time, and it, it, that's not intimidating. Um, he's not he's not the guy in the big black suit, and you and it kind of you know it kind of softened how cool Vader was and how tough Vader was, and, and how like intimidating. And then you, so you, then you read a story of this, like, oh, yeah, this is Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that the story did that for us. It just, it's a reminder to everybody. Like, yep. Baddest guy on the block. The universe. Yeah, it's a big block. <laughs> all, all the block. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked about him a whole lot yet, but my best panel is on page 57. Fourth and, panel. Yep. Panel yep. four. <laughs> It's BT opening up. I have no idea where he keeps all the missiles and the bombs and the lasers or whatever. But man, he is unloading a whole entire arsenal here, and it just looks awesome. The coloring is great. The pencil work is fantastic. It looks awesome. Yeah, that is a good one. He beeps softly and carries a big stick. <laughs> all right, Sam, what was your base panel? Well, I like I like your panel really well. So mine's on page fifty six, page before panel one. It's when R two's guys like this little uh, electroshock thing out, and then BT pulls out all of his guns. 
<laughs> and you can actually see the like R two is actually shaking in his boots a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. E. That's a, that's a really good exchange there in the story. All right, yeah. Josh, did you have one of those? Yeah, fifty-seven four, the one you had. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the bombs. Yeah, all the the smoke and yeah, it was great. Uh, hey, hey, flip over to the next page real quick. Look at the uh, on page fifty-eight. Look at the bottom right. That's one yeah, of those Afro. weird Diodato poses. That's, he just he'll occasionally have those postures. Like nobody stands like that. That's not humans don't. And like where her shoulders were in her arm, I, yeah. There's and there's not enough room in her torso for organs. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I like my Diodato. I really do. But there's just those occasional times I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, make a second pass here. Uh, <laughs> Sam, what's your best dialogue? All right. So page twenty six. It's when. Uh... Triple Zero learns that he gets to go and murder people. He says, uh, we can simply murder everyone we encounter, no matter the pro- the problem. I usually find that to be the most elegant solution. And then, uh, watching our, the BT guy beeps and is rather excitedly agrees. She goes, we're flying right into a nest of rebel troops. Triple Zero, I expect you'll get to your wish. How splendid. <laughs> Did you hear that, BT? We get to torture and exterminate indiscriminately. I'm having a simply delightful feeling about this mission. I just love how happy he is he gets to torture and murder everybody. <laughs> do, do you hear that in 3PO's voice? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Like, I hear that really, you know, sort of fancy, Pro- upper crust, proper, you know, British yeah. accent, but saying all those horrible things that he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. But you can pretty much just you know pick any page that he gets to talk a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Josh, what, did you go with another triple zero? No, I went with a Vader being Captain Smugface. Uh, it's page uh, thirty and thirty-one. It's when he first gets surrounded by the rebels, and they yell at him, "Lay down your weapons! You are surrounded." Vader says, "All I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men." Yeah. <laughs> I just say uh, he's. He, he 100% knows he's going to walk away and they're all going to die. <laughs> That's a yep. lot of dead men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got like uh, tanks and troop carriers. There's about, I don't know, a thousand people around him. At yeah, least. I, I went with the uh, the bookend, uh, Vader, bad guy quote. Um, it's at the end, it's on page 96, panel three, and it's during his confrontation with Leia. And he says, this is not a war, princess. Wars are for lesser men than the emperor and myself. This is a series of executions, and yours is long overdue. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Man, this dude's so bad. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, but I will co-sign anybody that wants to pull a triple zero quote out of this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not in the Star Wars books anymore, and I kind of miss them. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, it was a long storyline between Triple Zero and Afra, sort of like having to coexist, but also like Triple <laughs> Zero really wanting to kill her. And uh, it ended up really, it, I, I love the way it ended, but it also did mean like saying goodbye to him. But anyway, it's worth reading, guys. All right, Josh, what is your best full page spread? And man, are there a lot of options? Yep, and it was one of the first ones I saw, and I couldn't couldn't get it out of my head. It's page eight. It's the big double page spread when Vader first shows up to the planet. He's got his Tie Fighter there. It's all the Rebel ships, all the X wings. 
the planet looks cool the ships look really detailed uh the space the background is really cool a lot of good color in it and it's just and it's a double page spread so i mean you get to really look at it and there's a there's a lot of stuff in there and there's no faces for LaRocca to mess up none at all yeah that's a really good man he is so good at spaceships yeah yeah when i saw that i was like man i hope we get some more spaceship stuff like i hope it's not all down on the planet surface like i need some more spaceships yeah he's that that's LaRocca getting to flex on what he's good at that's that, that's pure like what what are, what are your strengths here draw two pages of it uh okay i'm up next i was gonna say sam but um <laughs> I'm not functioning at very high brain capacity today, am I? Um, so mine is on page 73, and it's pro- it's not the right answer. I just think it's a really cool moment. It's not the coolest looking full page spread, but it's just another of those, like, you know, I would not want to be lay in that moment because Vader has kind of snuck on, on her from behind and just goes, good evening, princess. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's, if you live in the Star Wars universe, that that's a living nightmare happening right there. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, his lightsaber's out, and you can see, like, the red glow on his suit and stuff. I, they don't really go with that one because that's yeah. the same one I have. Okay. I, yeah. just, I, I thought that was really just Vader looking intimidating. Just just standing there. Man. Also, Leia's face is covered up by a pistol or a blaster. <laughs> There's no, you can't see her face. And it was like Darth Vader's force choking that guy on the ground while he's talking. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a Diodato one though. We can't blame LaRocca for oh, okay. that face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Diodato messed up some faces too. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, Vader sneaking up on you. That's nightmare fuel. I mean, cause I don't know how it's possible with the way he breathes, but I don't know how he sneaks up on anybody, but, um, all right. So our last award is best. Vader is a bad butt moment. And I think there is absolutely a right answer. And it's on pages 33 through 34. Vader has crash landed on the planet and he is like leaving the rubble of his TIE fighter and the, like, the entire rebel army from that quadrant of space has surrounded him. And they yell, Darth Vader, surrender now. And he goes, very well. <laughs> and then they go, okay, force be praised. They're relieved. Then he goes, lower your weapons. You will not be harmed. <laughs> like, yeah, that, he's twisting their words. Like, they're saying surrender now. He's like, okay, I'll accept your surrender. <laughs> That's just how tough he thinks he is, you know? Yeah. And, and actually is. He thinks that for a reason. Yeah. I just, I just love that. Yeah, I'll accept your surrender. I agree. Same one I had again. We're three for three, Josh. Nope. I had a different one. Okay. Well, there's so many. There's a lot of options. Yeah. You're just going to go back a couple of pages. It's page 27 and 28. It's uh, after he's crashing, they first find him and he force uh, picks up those three big, huge boulders and throws them at the ships that are coming at him. And then of course he has to do the walking away from an explosion without looking back. That's, that's how you know you're, you know, that's how you know you're tough when there's explosions going on and you don't have to look at it. You just keep walking. And that's not just walking. He is straight up strutting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's Iron Man for Iron Man 1, strutting away from that explosion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His little tank missile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to cast this thing? Sure. Yeah. Your enthusiasm is underwhelming, Josh. I didn't do great right. this week. I think I okay. did good. All right, so um, this is going to be a little strange because we uh, we did the last time we did a Star Wars book, we had to recast um, all of the main characters that everybody knows and loves that are iconic with their <laughs> current characters, and we didn't want to do that again, or at least I didn't want to, and I made the outline. So um, I'm I'm the one to blame for what we're doing. So we're not doing Luke, Leia, Darth Vader, or Han. We're doing all the other people. 
And so, Sam, you get to go first on casting Dr. Afra. Who you got? So, her name is Anna D. Armas. I think it's her last name. She's in Knives Out. She's been all kinds of stuff. But I think she's a really good actress and could pull it off. Yeah, it's not bad. Kind of looks like the way she's drawn. Yeah, um, she's normally drawn um, with more of an Asian um, I know she ethnic is. look to her. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, she wasn't the other one. We- yeah, but the, LaRocca and Diodato aren't as clear on it. Some of the other artists yeah. are. So here you could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh? Yeah. Not only was that a good pick, Sam, it was the right pick. Because I also have Anna Darmus. Because I think that's the model they used for her when they, so. were, when they were drawing Afra in this. I think they had Anna Darmus up on their wall. In 2016? Maybe. I don't know how old she is. Well, Knives Out didn't come out until several years later. I mean, she'd already been in stuff, but she wasn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was her big high profile thing. And uh, that's Empire why they thought they could get away with it because she wasn't super famous yet. Nobody would catch it. All right. Well, I went a little bit differently here. Um, I, I thought that they were portraying her a little bit younger here than in the previous one we covered with her and the way they draw her later on. So I went with Lyrica Okano from The Runaways. Mm. Um, I thought that you know, she. Uh, Kind of, a, I think she, because there's those few moments where she like gets overtaken by the dark magic power things on the later seasons of Runaways that weren't as good, but like she, she played that really well, and I just, she's a, a really good actress that doesn't, I haven't seen anything high profile if you even consider the Runaways high profile, but like, like that's like her biggest acting job. I think she's good. Like she's gonna do more stuff. All right, Josh, triple zero. Who do you have say in those crazy lines? Diamond Pig. Pretty good. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Because he's normally pretty, pretty cheery and delightful, and sometimes you know he usually is pretty happy. So to hear that kind of tone and voice saying those terrible, terrible things, I think it would work. Pretty good. All right. I don't know if I top that, but I'm gonna go with Jude Law. He's got more of a posh, you know, British accent, and I think later in his life he discovered that what he needed to do was be bad guys. Cause yeah. he's, he's too handsome. Like, especially when he was a younger man, like they kept shoving him into le- leading man roles. He's not a leading man. He's a character actor and he's especially great at being a villain. Um, I just think he would be awesome at saying all the creepy things that triple zero says. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to one up both y'all now. Okay. Another guy that I think is awesome as being a villain. Mark strong. I can hear him saying all that stuff too. Yeah, I, I'm with you, except I'm I, I'm picturing that more higher pitched Anthony Daniels 3PO yeah. voice. So I wanted somebody who had more of a similar voice to that. But yeah, I'm never going to be bad at Mark Strong doing anything. Yeah, I think if he, I think he'd add an extra creep level to it, having him do it. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, he was like one of the best things in that awful Green Lantern movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I, I had no idea who Doctor Savannah was before I watched Shazam. I'm like I'm, I, I thought he was cool as Doctor Savannah. So. Yeah, I'm never going to be mad about Mark Strong getting work. Um, all right, next up is Black, and we've called him Black K all along. He's the evil Chewy. He's Black Chrysanthemum. I'm sure there's more growling involved. Um, and I'm going to go with because uh, basically we're just we're just casting a you know a physical presence for the for the thing. And I'm going to go with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> big guy, and he's not just tall. I mean, he's because Black Chrysanthemum I think is like a, a bigger you know, bodied Wookiee than Chewie is. Chewie's more angular and slender. Black Sand, it's a great big dude. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. 
He can act, right? We've all seen Steel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think he have, there's no speaking lines, so that's good. <laughs> well, I think Shaquille O'Neal's getting older now, and he doesn't move like he used to. So I want somebody a little younger, definitely a physical presence, Dwayne Johnson. I'm not going to get mad about The Rock getting work either. Yeah. I just think he'd kill it. Well, Tim I mean, Jones. you're talking about Shaquille O'Neal getting old. I mean, The Rock's not exactly a young man anymore. Yeah, but he's still he very just, physical. Yeah, yeah, he's still very active, man. Do you think he's in Chris Evans' medicine cabinet? Or has he just I worked think, out for so long that it's he's able to maintain it naturally? I think it just works out all the time. Okay. All right. Josh, who's your black K? Well, I had two. I had either Dwayne Johnson or Dave Bautista. So I guess I'm going to go with Bautista <laughs> since you said Dwayne Johnson. So, <laughs> so Dwayne Johnson's uh, the fair winner. Yeah. <laughs> And then I thought if we wanted to go the route of uh, Groot from uh, Guardians, we could just cast somebody to do the growls. We could get Clancy Brown to just make all the noises for him. Cross my mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how we were going to go. I had two. I had two options for us if we were doing for just voice or if we were doing for somebody in a suit. So I'm putting a dude in a suit, and I won that one. So let's move on. Yeah, you did. <laughs> all, right. all right, Sam. Who did you give uh, your Commander Carbon to? Our Weirdly cyborg forearm Mon Calamari guy. For some reason or other, I, I kept getting the like the same kind of accent I went with Mark Strong. So I wanted another guy like that. I want Daniel Day-Lewis. I think he'd just be an interesting voice to have for that guy. <laughs> You're not wrong. There is no way that that dude who can be, uh, I'm just going to say, it, it can be pretentious. There's no way he's going to be in a Star Wars movie, let alone voice a Mon Calamari cyborg. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. I'm not saying he wouldn't be good at it. He ain't yeah. catching that with a 10-foot pole, though. <laughs> be there to die real quick. All right, Josh. Well, I wanted somebody with a little bit more uh, unique voice. So I went with uh, Seth Rogen. No, no, <laughs> no. It, when 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 he when he's not being Seth Rogen and he's just voicing stuff, he's so distracting because <laughs> it's because it's such a unique voice and speech pattern. Like you you never like you never like don't think like hey that's Seth Rogen, right? Because yeah. I know y'all don't listen to my other podcasts, but like uh, I'm. Manus. I'm harassed. Yeah, he was Mantis since uh, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. We reviewed that a few weeks ago. Uh, he pulled me out of Kung Fu Panda <laughs> every time he would say something. I'm like, that's just Seth Rogen. That's not Mantis. Before you hear him laugh as a Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's just Seth Rogen. Yeah, I, can, I can't yeah. buy. I can't buy him as anything. It's just a voice actor. He, he, anything he has to laugh in, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, it's Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's funny. I'm not saying I, I don't like Seth Rogen. It's just like he shouldn't do voice work. It's it's too much. It doesn't work for me. Um, okay, here's the right answer, guys. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Now yeah. he he would give that little nothing role just weight by his dramatic performance and with like that unique voice. I I think he'd make that work. And he already kind of sounds like a Mon Calamari. Then you could hear him say it's a trap, and it would sound a little bit like Admiral Ackbar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good one yeah yeah all right now we start running into trouble because we we ruled out the legacy characters and then we ran out of people with speaking lines <laughs> real fast all right so for our fifth um cast uh we're gonna go with dead pilot guy 
Josh, who's your dead pilot guy? Well, the dead pilot guy I'm casting for is on page 11. It's panel three. That's where I got my inspiration from. And uh, I'm going with Michael Bean. I think that it's looks just yeah, like him. Yeah. And what, also what at 11. 11, panel three. It probably doesn't help that I just watched Tombstone yesterday. So, <laughs> so that was a good day. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was always a good day. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I thought for sure that's who they were using as uh, inspiration for that face. 100%. Especially like from the Abyss. That's, yeah. that's Abyss Michael Bean right there. Yeah. Crazy ass. Right. So my, I didn't pick a single guy. I just wanted somebody who I thought could die entertainingly. So it was Sam Rockwell. Oh, I think, yeah. I think he would give a very entertaining death scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. All right, Sam, who's your dead pilot guy? Uh, I went with Ben Affleck. I have a reason for it, and it'll come up later. You just want to see him die? No, I don't want to see him die. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit part. You just see him, you know, you ain't got to say anything. You just see him die in a fiery crash. People love doing cameos like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite random cameo of all time? I don't know. I've got one. When I when I realized that it was Matt Damon pretending to be Loki in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Why is Matt Damon doing this? Yeah. But he he was in uh, Deadpool 2, him and Alan Tudyk. They played two <laughs> Regnet guys when Cable first comes back to our time. Yeah, they I did. did. I did not know that was Matt Damon. But Matt Damon, who's the, the fat guy on the tailgate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I'm going to go with uh, right Brad Pitt from Deadpool 2 playing the Vanisher. Because it's literally about one second of film he's in it. You literally just see a flash of his face and that's it. I think uh, another one I've got, this is, this is probably my favorite Star Wars one, is um, the, it's the, remember the stormtrooper in the Mandalorian that punches Baby Yoda? That was Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Ted Lasso punched Baby Yoda. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> They're shooting the rock. They can't hit anything. They're talking practicing out in the desert. That's so good. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to what is essentially our second wild card slot. And I'm first. I'm So for random rebel fighter number four, I'm going to cast me. I'd, I'd yeah. like to do a, I'd like to be in a Star Wars movie. I'd like to do a Star Wars cameo. I like it. I'm going to get crushed by Vader, so it's fine. Not a big deal. But I can say I was in a Star Wars thing. So, yeah, I'm casting myself as random rebel Star Wars, random rebel fighter number four. Yeah. I like, I like it. Because I've I done the same thing as we've done a, a dead pilot. I've done a dead rebel trooper <laughs> fighter. Vader's what I wrote down. <laughs> I picked, I picked ben, ben Affleck as my pilot guy, so I picked Matt Damon as my rebel <laughs> guy. That's where I see them two in the movie again together. It's been a while. That's why I picked it really Ben has. Affleck. And so, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon's in a movie again. I am. I like it. That'll work. And I went with uh, Rebel Sergeant Guy, one of the guys <laughs> on base giving orders. And uh, I just wanted to throw it back to the time when, when uh, these movies were coming out. And I want Robert Redford just to make a cameo. I just wanted to see him like shouting orders at somebody. Just a quintessential 70s actor you know robert he has redford. to get a promotion though he couldn't just be a sergeant well yeah i it's mean robert redford yeah i know but just put a couple extra straps on his shoulder and i'm with you yeah yeah well i clearly won that one with shaquille o'neal sam rockwell and myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Um, well, if you if you like our show, one of the one of the ways you can help our show is I, I guess you can rate and review it. I don't understand the algorithm. Apparently, they changed it, so it doesn't always help anymore. Or you need like a thousand people to rate and review it. I don't understand, but it would help the show. If you know somebody who likes random nerdiness, we do random nerdiness here. Somebody, if you think somebody, if you know somebody who would like this show, just tell a friend. That'd help us out. All right. So, uh, Sam, next week's pick is yours. Tell us what you picked, and why on earth we're reading it. All right. So I picked Secret Invasion, and this is what it's called. I guess it's Volume One. It's, Anyways, it was a, it was an event book. It was not it's an volume. event book. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, I picked it mostly because Josh doesn't know anything about it at all. I tried to talk to him about it before. I'll make him read it now. I thought it was pretty good when I read it when it first came out. And I think it's a real nice touch because normally we do our tie-ins two weeks to six weeks after the thing happens. We're doing this probably two years before it happens in, in movie or TV form. So, yeah, we're mixing it up. I like it. We're going to get I, it I, dialed I, in at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's better early than late. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little early. All right, so I got the summary pulled up here, and it, it's pretty easy. The shape-shifting scrolls have in, inflated the Earth for years, replacing many of our Marvel heroes with imposters, setting the stage for an all-out invasion. That's it. What we get? All right, read the creative thing. Huh? Read oh. the creative thing. It's, why are you making me read it? I can't read that. Michael it's on the Bendis. same page as the summary. It's at the top of the, it's Brian Michael Bendis and Lenny Francis Yu. You, yep. All right. One of, one of those names is always a hit. One of those names is hit or miss. Yes. Bendis. <laughs> we've read good Bendis and we've read bad Bendis. Yeah. I know. I was like, yes, Bendis. I know. <laughs> I didn't know if you remembered who wrote it. I was, I was waiting to see if your face fell. If you looked disappointed when you saw that it was a Bendis book. <laughs> No, I knew it was a business. I looked at okay. it. All of it was. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. Okay. I was wondering why you hadn't mentioned that. Yep. All right. Well, I started it, and um, it's, it's starting off well. And just a little bit of a preview for listeners. Um, this is a really good-looking book. Um, this is Lineal Francis Yu. So far, I'm only an issue in. It, it's a really good-looking book. So I, I'd, I'd give it a chance, actually, reading the book and not just listening along next week. All right. Well, I think we're done here. All right. Salute. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Belgium.